Hello and welcome to the Good Rover Andes, Season 10, Episode 9. My name is Andy Balaam and this is... Andy Cockerill. And the thing that we're going to talk about this evening is... It's a movie called Living. Living. And without having, without knowing anything about it at all, uh, except its title, never having heard mm-hmm. of it before, I'm going to give you a brief plot summary. Uh, this is a romantic comedy um, featuring uh, someone, uh, you know, some woman who you've heard of. I'm trying to think of like a modern movie star, but I can't. J-Lo. <laughs> it's a rom-com. Okay. Um, featuring J-Lo. And it, uh, it's, it's like, it's based in New York City. Um, there's lots of cafes, lots of hang around in cafes. It's gentle. It's, uh, cool. It's got a lot of, you know, smooth music. <laughs> and, uh, you don't do ask yourself whether I would actually want to talk about a film like that on this podcast. You can't exclude films that you wouldn't want to talk about. Otherwise, I'd have, only have like three possible. It'd either have the thing to is, be a horror, like a weird horror movie from Australia, or Australia, or it yeah. would be a or or Sweden, or it would be a coming of age <laughs> drama set in the eighties. But like, yeah. basically, that's the only things we ever talk about. So. Coming of age dramas, horror movies, sometimes a bit of sci-fi. Yeah, true. As long as it's got a yeah. bit of horror. Yeah, that's right. Um, is that it's what not it is? that. No, okay. It's not that. Okay. Uh, this is a... Uh, let me just check. 2022 uh, British drama film uh-huh. directed by Oliver Hermanus from a screenplay by Kazuo Ishiguro. Oh, okay. He and wrote a, um, some books. Yes. I think he wrote The Remains of the Day. Right. And quite a few other things. Mm. Adapted from the 1952 Japanese film Ikiru. Okay. Which was directed by Akira Kurosawa. Which in turn was inspired by the 1886 Russian novella The Death of Ivan Ilyich by Tolstoy. Okay. I didn't know that, actually. So, Kazuo Ishiguro. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, his name sounds like he would be Japanese, and maybe he is Japanese, but what he sounds like when he speaks is an extremely posh, a self-assured Englishman. Yes, I heard him, uh, Adam Buxton, talking to him. Right, right, yeah, right. He sounds like a public schoolboy. Yeah. <laughs> He's lived here for a long time. Right, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, so he was born in Japan, Okay. but moved here as a child right. and is a product of the public school system. Right, right, right. Yeah, so he sounds like one of our ruling class, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. But he's written some fantastic books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he wrote the screenplay for this this film, which is a, an adaptation of another film, which in turn is an adaptation of a book. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is set in 1953 London, and it depicts a bureaucrat played by Bill Nye on very good form. Okay. In fact, he was nominated for an Academy Award. Okay. But it didn't win. Is it a bit funny, then? Yes. Because sometimes he's in, in places. things that are a bit funny. Yeah, in places. Okay. Yeah, it is funny. But it's not a comedy um, No. No. It's a drama. It's definitely a drama, okay. but it has comedic elements to it. Okay, I mean, I, with a name like Living, it's got to be a drama. Yeah, it is. But if you think nothing is ever, like, just completely dramatic and no. without any sense of humour, because... No. There's, there's 
humour in everything, even the darkest things that happen, there's yeah. always something. You wouldn't to laugh attach at. to the characters, would you? No, no, you wouldn't. Um, so it was released in last November, 2022, by Lionsgate. It received positive reviews, with Nye's performance receiving particular acclaim. And at the Academy Awards, he was nominated for Best Actor, and the film was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. So, got a couple of nominations. Okay, well, he's good. So, when he's good, that is... I mean, he's, I think Nye is always good, even in terrible movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's always reliable. I mean, even in, what is that thing, Love Actually? Where he plays a, like a washed-up rock star, and he sings a Christmas song to the tune of... Love is all around. <laughs> it's quite amusing. I don't think I've watched Love, actually. I mean, yeah. there are better Richard Curtis movies, right. frankly. Yeah. I feel uh, no motivation I, to watch it, really. No, I mean, it is it is passing fair, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think I think the, the ultimate is Four Weddings and a Funeral, in which yeah. we don't know what any of these people do. They don't seem to have jobs, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> it's all just so engaging. Yeah, I like that. It's it's yeah. it's a bit soppy, but you know. Well, yeah, but that's what you're getting. Yeah, that's you know. Um, so he plays a bureaucrat who works at County Hall in in 1953. Mm-hmm. Um, he sits at his desk and he's there's all this. It it's very much Brazil like this office actually. Okay. Um, there's paperwork everywhere. Nobody actually seems to be doing anything. Mm-hmm. People come in with um, folders <laughs> and say, um, oh, we think this is for you. And he says, mm, <clears throat> yes, we'll just put it there for a while. Okay. Nothing ever gets done mm-hmm. until um, some strident, three strident women who have been, there's some, there's some backstory imparted that they've been in and out of County Hall for the last few months. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're trying to get a playground built on the site of a, on a bomb site right. in their East End neighbourhood. Right. You said this was 52. 53. 53. Yeah. So there's still loads of stuff in London that hasn't been built up yet. Yeah. In fact, there was stuff like that. When I, when I used to commute into London in the 90s, there were still sites that hadn't been developed. Wow. Yeah. Um, like in central London. Yeah. So they're just getting fed up with it all. Mm-hmm. And they come into his office and say, we've been to planning, we've been here, we've been to roads, and they all said, we need to come to you. And he says, oh, no, 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 that's, that's not right. No, no, no. You want to go and see somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I'll send one of my men with you to this new guy who mm-hmm. started today, who's kind of like our way into the world. Right, right. So at the beginning of the film, we see this new ki- this new kid starting at County Hall, and he is our eyes mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. this world of what's, go- or what's going on or what isn't going on, mm-hmm. in fact. Uh, so he goes with them to this other department, and he sees how things work, which is nobody actually wants to do anything. So are these ladies, <laughs> they, you said they're from the East End? Yes. Are they, are they quite rough? They're a bit cool, blimey, governor. Right. right, right. A little bit. So they, there's a class difference between them yes. and the... 
Yes, and they're bureaucrats. they're finding they're just immediately hitting a brick wall of right. men in suits mm-hmm. who say no yeah, to yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this kid feels aggrieved about this, but realizes there's absolutely nothing that he can do. Uh-huh. Bill Nye doesn't really want to do anything. He seems like a decent enough person, but we are told that he's been in this department for like 25 years. And he's learned how to protect himself from yeah. hassle. And just keep going until he takes his pension right. and retires, basically. Um, the folks who were there, the, the, long t- the other long-term people who were there just don't really care very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a young woman there played by Amy Lou Wood, who is probably most famous for being in Netflix's show Sex Education, which is a very fine show indeed. Okay. Uh, and she plays a cleric, one of the clerical staff in this department. But she is leaving. So we, we find out very soon that she's asked for a reference. She's going to go and work in a lion's right. corner shop, lion's tea house, as they were. Famously one of the first businesses to buy a computer is that right yeah i think they got ibm to build one of the first commercial computers what, for a, a till or for a for their accounting essentially ah okay that's like interesting across the whole organization my dad was probably involved in that he worked for lions for oh, really? many many years you know probably not at that time though mm-hmm. so later on um so yeah she's leaving uh, but the young lad there is a little bit taken with her because she's, you know, she's not grey and boring. The, the new lad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And then we see Bill, Bill Nye's character leave one day. Mm-hmm. And the next time we see him, he's gone to see the doctor. In fact, no, he says at work, um, I just wanted to say that uh, I'll be leaving early today at 20 past three, to which everyone looks incredibly shocked. <laughs> Because he's never left early for anything, mm-hmm. ever. Um, and uh, says to his uh, number two, um, I'm sure you'll be able to hold the fort down whilst I'm out. Mm-hmm. And the number two looks incredibly pleased, but also perplexed mm-hmm. and a bit mm-hmm. worried. Mm-hmm. So the next time we see him, he is going to the doctor. And we don't know what's wrong with him. Right. But the doctor says... You know, it's never very easy to tell you about these things, but it is what we thought it was. So, right, we so later find out. Good. No, uh, we later find out that it is cancer. Right, and later in the film, he points somewhere to his stomach and says, "I've got, I've got a cancer here." So it's like bowel cancer or colon cancer, something incredibly unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then he doesn't return to the office. Right. So the next day. He's not there. Oh and they're even more aghast at this. It's like, he's never Mr. Day. Yeah. Ever. Uh, um, we then see him um, somewhere in Sussex, uh, on the seafront. And he's he's listening into a conversation between a man and uh, a waitress in a cafe. And the man is saying, the problem is I just can't sleep. I just can't sleep at night. And, and Bill Nye says, excuse me, would you mind joining me at the table over here? And beckons him over. And then he proceeds to put bottles on the table and says, um, I heard that you can't sleep. Would you like some of this? 
Right. And it's essentially or like oral morphine that he's going to kill himself with. And he says to the man, I, I just can't do it. I came down here. I took half of my savings out of the bank, came down here with, to do this, right. and I can't do it. Right. So why don't you have it because you can't sleep? Right. So the guy says, I tell you what, um, you seem like a person who's in a bit of a crisis. Why don't we just go out for the night? Uh-huh. And you're not really sure what to make of this guy, whether he's going to... Oh, no, actually, so he, so Bill Nye opens his bag up and says, I've taken out half my savings. And the guy's like, no, you don't want to show that kind of thing around here. Uh-huh. Close the bag up. So I wasn't sure about him. Yeah. I thought maybe he's going to rip him off because yeah. he knows he's got money, but he doesn't. Uh-huh. He takes him to a series of pubs and clubs and bars and mm-hmm. gets him incredibly drunk. I'm trying to imagine this as a, a Japanese film. I think... I haven't seen the original. I've heard of the original before I saw this one. Right. I think it would work extremely well as a Japanese film because 1953 London, with its very classy, you know, classed society yeah. and bureaucratic uh, civil servants, is kind of, I'd say, quite a nice fit for yeah, Japan yeah, yeah. in many ways. So he takes him to a series of like dive bars and they end up in a in a big top at the end of the seafront mm-hmm. watching a woman take her clothes off. Okay. <laughs> Which is something that she seems to be enjoying doing. Um, and uh, he's Bill Nye is then horribly sick, which we don't see, but we assume that's what's happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, and then the next day he still hasn't gone back to work. Right. But he does go back to London, mm-hmm. to which... The young woman who has now left the department sees him. Okay. He's looking for a new hat because his hat got stolen whilst he was at the seafront. Right. He's looking for a new hat and she says, oh, you haven't been in the office for a few days. And he, he, he then confides in her. Right. And says, you know, it's, he, in, in the self-effacing way that British people say things, he says, it's really not. Not much of a problem, but, you know, uh, there's something quite bad happening to me and, you know, I'm not going to last much longer. (laughs) And they then go and have tea at Fortnum's. He pays for her tea at Fortnum's. Right. And she proceeds to tell him that she's got a nickname for all the people in the office. Uh And would he like to hear her nickname for him? Uh, And so she says that... uh, so. Your nickname, and don't be angry with me, she says. You can't be angry with me about this, is Mr. Zombie. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, Mr. Zombie? Can you, ex- can you explain what that means? And she says, well, you're like an Egyptian mummy, but you can move around. But you're, but you're not really alive. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he becomes quite tickled by this. Mm-hmm. He says, yes, I can see why you'd call me Mr. Zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, so... But what does happen is that, uh, so Bill Nye lives in a house. His wife died a few years before. Right. He lives in a house with his son and his son's wife. So, which I suppose was probably not that unusual mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. time. Um, and what happens is, is that a neighbor has seen Bill Nye in London with this young woman who was in his department. Right. 
and tongues are wagging. Right, 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 right. They're saying, well, he hasn't been at work, has he? What's he been doing with her? All this kind of thing. Right, right, right. Uh, and there's a there's a wonderful moment round the round the dinner table where Bill Nye's daughter in law has made shepherd's pie mm-hmm. with nice mints, mm-hmm. as she says it. We got the nice mints, and just before this happens, she's been saying to her husband, to his son, "You need to ask him. You need to find out what's going on, because mm-hmm. it's not right. You know, it's not right what he's been doing, and he just can't bring himself to do it." And there's a wonderful moment where she is looking at him to say, "Are you going to say something?" You think that maybe she's going to say something, and then neither of them say anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. So this but is then, like a very buttoned up, very so buttoned much, up. So much yeah. drama is set in buttoned up times, and it's quite funny, but it's also like teeth grindingly painful mm-hmm. because you just want him to say, "Look, I'm dying." Yeah. And this is why this has been going on. Yeah. And for them to say, oh, okay, right, we'll tell that woman to shut up then (laughs) or just ignore her. But nobody says anything. So all of this stuff goes unsaid. Mm -hmm. Um, We then see, uh, the next scene we see him uh, arrive back at the office. Uh Uh-huh. Pouring with rain outside. Right. He arrives back at the office. Everybody's very surprised that he's back. And mm-hmm. he says, uh, the women who want to make the park, should we see if we can get that going? Mm-hmm. And they're all like, okay. Is the new guy <laughs> really? still there? Okay. Hmm? Is the new guy the new guy's still there? Okay. new guy's still there. There's a woman, uh, a missus, who has replaced the young girl mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as the clerical person. Um. And he says, okay, uh, let's go out to the site mm-hmm. and we'll have a look. <laughs> and they're fairly we'll shocked by it. that, presumably. Yes. But first, so they go and have a look at it. He then he then says to the uh, this new clerical person, we're all going to the site. Do you think you can hold the fort down whilst we're out? To which she looks incredibly pleased <laughs> and chuffed about. <laughs> There's some lovely observation in this right, film right, of, right. of how people were in 1953. Mm-hmm. Um. They go to the site, it's pouring with rain, it's really grim. He meets with the women there mm-hmm. and says, We're gonna try and make we're gonna make this happen. We are going to make this work for you. Goes back to County Hall and the first thing he does is goes to the planning department. Uh-huh. To which planning say, No, 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 this is this has been through here, it's not our thing and Bill Nye just says, Well, I'm just gonna sit down in this chair here and wait until you've done it. <laughs> And the, and the guy says, well, it's going to be a long time. And he says, well, I've got plenty of time. And just sits there <laughs> and waits. Mm-hmm. And things start to move. Mm-hmm. Things start to happen. And then what we see after this is his funeral. Right. So it cuts straight to his funeral. It uh, We have scenes where, uh, so the, the young girl who was who's now working at the Lions Tea Shop goes to the funeral and his son says to her, did you know what was going on? Did you know that he was going, did he tell you? To which she lies mm-hmm. and says, no, he didn't tell me. Because obviously she guesses that he didn't tell his son either. So it yeah. would be terrible if she said, yeah, he did tell me. Yeah. But he didn't tell you. Tough luck. Um, 
we then see a series of flashbacks. So after this funeral, which right. is actually quite brief, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we see a series of flashbacks where people are discussing what happened next in the planning saga. Right. So he's number two, who is coveting that position of being head of the department. Mm-hmm. Says so something happened that really made me quite angry because they went up to like the top floor of the of county hall mm-hmm. to talk to the director and they were talking about not not much in particular and then bill nye turns to the director as he's leaving and says that business with the park in the east end can we get that done do you think we can get that done and the director just looks incredibly angry that he's been challenged in this way but because he's been challenged in front of other people he he can't back down right. you know he can, he's losing face and this number two is like, I was so shocked that he did that, that he approached him directly mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't right, mm-hmm. you know. So we see that happen. And we also see <clears throat> um, him at the site when th- work begins mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as well. And him being incredibly ill and like suffering in pain. Mm. People bringing in cups of tea because that's obviously what you do when yep. when you're in pain. A good strong cup of tea. We'll deal with that. <laughs> Um, and then towards the end of the film we see a new guy who's gone down to have a look at the park Mm -hmm. he gets approached by a police officer who says you you all right sir what are you doing out late at night looking at a children's park he says oh um i was part of the team that that got this to happen and he mentions bill nye's character's name Mm -hmm. and the police officer says oh i know that name I'll tell you why. Because he was there um, on a swing in the middle of winter, swinging on a swing, singing a song the night before he died. So he obviously caught a terrible chill and then Uh died. Uh And I said to him, you need to to go home. But he didn't want to go. And then, yeah, the movie kind of fades to black there. And... I think <clears throat> in terms of like, you know, British films. Oh, also this film is 4-3 um, ratio. So Academy ratio, okay. square frame. Okay. Why is that? Just to look old well, fashioned. <clears throat> it looks old fashioned. <clears throat> Stylistically, it's shot like an old movie. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So there's a lot of static cameras. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of... It, it's shot very much like a film of its time. A lot of static right, cameras, right. a lot of um, over-the-shoulder shots, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of wide shots as mm-hmm. well. <coughs> but it's mainly because the movie begins with some stock footage of London in 1953 right. and then cuts to the actual film. Yeah. And although the actual film is obviously much better quality than the stock footage, which is probably like 16mm, it looks pretty close mm. in terms of how it's been made. Is it black and um, white? Uh, do you know, because I was completely engaged with it, I can't really remember. I don't think it is. You would have no, because the okay. stock footage is colour. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's colour. Okay, it's okay. a colour film. But because, because the way it's been shot, it may as well be black and right, white. Yeah, it feels like it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but I can't remember. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Because it doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is, that's living. 
Right. So what? Bit of a departure for this pod, I think. So what's the point of it? What's the point of it? I think the point of it is that if you've lived a life of not really achieving anything at all, other than counting the days down to your pension, then there's probably time to think about doing something else. <laughs> so it's, it, but it's a life affirming version of it, right? Like yes, he has a absolutely. To do something before. What it's I too liked late. about it was that he doesn't go for like. I, you know, if there was an American version of this or a Hollywood version, someone would do a series of amazing things, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to go do a skydive. I mm-hmm. want to do mm-hmm. deep sea diving. I want to be a ballerina. Mm-hmm. All these types of things. No, he's just like, I want to do one thing, right. which is finish this one thing that has obviously been bugging him. Yeah, he gets to do it. He gets to do it, yeah. And you think it's an encouragement to all of us to do whatever we should do before it's too late. Yeah, and I don't even think you need a cancer diagnosis to do that. It's like, no, no, is, exactly. that, is there one thing that's been bugging you that you need to get done? Right. Just do it. <laughs> and do you think it's... Okay, that's interesting. So do you think it's one thing that you should do to help other people or is it just something that you want to achieve? I mean, it could be to help other people, but most people don't get the opportunity to do anything like that. Uh-huh. So I think it's something that maybe you've been putting off for months, years, maybe. Maybe it's a big gnarly task around the house right. that if you did it, you'd just feel loads lighter. Yeah, I'm sensing there's a listener out there who who has, hasn't done something that they would like to do. There you go. I know that's a bit specific. It's a bit of a reach. Yeah. But I'm sensing there's someone out there. <laughs> Somebody out there. He needs to yeah. do something. He needs to do something. <laughs> like, over the next few years. Over the next few years. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and if you if you don't recognise that now, maybe in a few months, there will be something you need to do. There will be and something you need to do. We recommend that you do it. That you do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you make a plan and you do it. Okay. Yeah. So if you think that's you, listener, you know, take it seriously. I just hit the mic stand whilst you were saying <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Good. This is a profound film. Yeah. It's really well made. Right, 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 right. Really well performed. Bill Nye is note perfect. The way you're describing him, it, yeah, it sounds like just a pleasure to watch. Absolute him. pleasure to watch, yeah. Yeah, a real pleasure to watch. It's uh, technically beautiful mm-hmm. to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got some lovely foley, uh, foley work. So there's Remind a bit in the beginning where... Foley is when they add sound right. uh, to a scene. Okay. To because frequently uh, when you're shooting outdoors or something, it's yeah. too noisy yeah. and you have to re-add the sound again. Okay. There's some lovely foley work when people are walking in and out of Waterloo Station. In fact, there's quite a few shots of the steps that you go down to get to the IMAX. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of shots of that particular entrance because I presume it's quite authentic yeah it hasn't been messed around with too yeah, much right, yeah um so there's a lovely foley at the beginning with people walking up and down those steps that just sounds fantastic <laughs> but you can clearly hear that it's foley but, it, but that's foley. in keeping with the with the way that they're making this film because right. that's how they would have done it back in the day uh, i feel like that's one of those things you can't unhear i don't notice foley and i'm probably i think i'm quite grateful I do notice it a lot. 
I noticed it a great deal on that show, The Undeclared War. Yeah, I remember you saying it was a nightmare. Yeah. It was just like, this is just too much. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not as bad as the Evil Dead 2 workshed line, but which is fantastic. So, yes, loving is highly, sorry, loving, living is highly recommended. It made me want to watch the original to see, right. to compare and con- Although, I don't think I'd compare and contrast. I'd look at what inspired somebody to make a movie from that. Yeah, really. it does sound worth worth looking out for the original. What is, what's the original yeah. called? Ikiru. Which means living, presumably? Uh, to live. Okay. Yeah. And it's directed by Akira Kurosawa, who is most famous or more famous for his period... Japanese like samurai epics like Seven Samurai Throne of Blood which is my favourite Shakespeare adaptation it's a Japanese feudal version of Macbeth which is fantastic really good Uh, also Forbidden oh Hidden Fortress and then later on he did a version of King Lear called Ran which is very good that's a colour one okay but yeah, he's probably most famous for things of that kind rather than things of this kind, right. which is quite a different thing going on. Mm. Yeah. And I guess the, the title means, like, this is what it means to, to really live. Yeah. I mean, it's for him, for Bill Nye's character, he's taken a complete left turn in his life. Yeah. He's never done anything like this before. Because it's really a film about dying, if you look at it in one way. Yeah, it is. Absolutely, yes. But the point is that and he how you approach to live it before he dies. Yeah. Uh, so he seems... I mean, his character is... Obviously, Bill Nye is fairly old, but his character is fairly old in this film in 1953. I doubt very much that he saw any action in World War Two, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And maybe he's like between the wars in terms of when he was born, so maybe he hasn't been... He didn't fight in the First World War either. Mm-hmm. It's quite possible. Mm-hmm. A generation of people who didn't see any conflict <clears throat> at that time, which was probably quite unusual. So there we go. That's living. Highly recommended. Thank you. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, it is. It is. I don't have any other business this week, actually. Good. That's we should talk no about what we've been watching. <laughs> yes. What have you been watching? What have I been watching? Because uh, you've been talking. Um, I've been watching uh, Unforgotten on ITV. I think. Are I, you still watching that? I cool. think I talked about it last time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I moved on to where they've changed the main person. Okay. Okay, so that's happened now. Which is in the most recent yeah. series. series. That's right. Series five. So Nicola Walker was... Is is no longer in this series? Yes. Yeah, she was absolutely brilliant. But the that last series, series four of her, was very, very painful because there's so? a, there's a lot of there's a lot of emotion. All the characters are in like real difficult emotional situations. Right. And then this series starts up with not more, but like. The fifth series also has all the characters in really painful, uh, difficult situations, which is... Yeah. It's, so it's fairly stressful to watch. 
even though okay. it's quite formulaic in a way. So that, you know, you, there's a there's a body, there's a mystery, and then you know they're going to solve it at the end. Of course, because it's like House or yeah, but it's not. It's always the same. It's not like it's a whole series that has the formula. And what, one thing my wife was saying about that was that when you watch a series like House, where there's a formula per episode, it's mm-hmm. very comforting and it doesn't get too boring. But she found herself when you watch the first episode of a of a six part series, mm. and you can see the formula is about to repeat itself. Yeah, there's that sense of oh. Am I really going to sit through another five episodes where I kind of already know what's going to happen? Um, but so far, we have continued watching. And uh, you've just described most serial TV. Yeah, the, the formula, <laughs> the, the, the formulaic aspects of this are really obvious. So, right, okay. um, there's always in the ones I've watched at least, there's always a group of people, about five, who were all who all kind of know what happened. They were all there, kind of thing. But and it starts off following them all separately, and then eventually you see the connection. Like casualty. Yeah, yeah. It has the sense of yeah. being like casualty, and yeah. they also use some bit, some um, stylistic things repeatedly. So whenever the detectives are about to interview one of these people, you see it from their point of view. They're looking through a window or something. They see the detective walking towards them in slow mo, mm. always. Nice. And then when the detective shows them the picture of the murdered person, they always have like a little flashback Ah, thing, like every single time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So like they really wear the formula on their sleeves in a way. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, the acting is just so good. Top notch. And what's his name out of... um, Sanjeev Baskar. Yeah, out of all those programs. He's really (laughs) good. Yeah. Uh, and the new the new lady's good. She's uh, it's hard to be as good as um, what's her name out of Spooks, Nicola Walker. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> um, because she's amazing. But um, yeah, uh, yeah. So the the quality of the acting, the quality of the camera work. They always have these incredible drone shots where just as like a a thing to set the set, you know. Now we're in London. What mm. do they call that type of shot? Establishing. establishing shot to do yeah. an establishing shot they have a beautiful drone shot cool. every time it's really amazingly well done yeah um, so yes yeah, it's, it's it's pretty good cool excellent but a bit distressing. Anything else? we watched a little bit of um uh, a film that we did on the podcast swiss Possessor? army swiss army man Oh, because it's free okay. on ITV at the moment. Oh, nice. Heads up, listener. Okay. Um, yep. The wife got about 10 minutes in and was like, no. That's not bad because <laughs> it's a very odd film. <laughs> so I've, I then watched about another 15 minutes or so. And I wouldn't say I've given up yet. I, like I got interrupted. Okay. Yeah. But I'm not like massively compelled. I, I find, I find, I'm finding the fact that Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> is a corpse. Is, is, being playing a corpse and it's it's so um uh what's the right word like unrespectful of him <laughs> as a, as an actor i mean oh I i'm see. finding that really great like i think daniel radcliffe has done some great roles like i always remember his his role in uh, extras Oh, he's great in that, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, where he's he's like he seems to have deliberately taken on roles that make him look bad. 
terrible. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, I really respect yeah. that. So he's fantastic in uh, Weird, the Al Yankovic story, <laughs> in which he plays Al Yankovic. Really, <laughs> which is uh, I think mostly made up of yeah. like how he became the person that he became, but it is really funny <laughs> and utterly absurd. <laughs> Yeah, so I, my respect for him just grows when I see him do these weird... Yeah, I mean, he, he makes left-field choices. He's very good in a movie called Imperium, which is a movie about neo-Nazis in America. Okay. Very good in that. Uh, because he doesn't need to work, you see. Right. He never need, he, he doesn't need to do the work, so he can just pick and choose well, whatever he wants to do. How do you know that? You like you, you, He said that. Oh, really? In an, yeah, in an interview. Oh, wow. Oh, that's yeah. cool. So I don't need to work. So I just do this because I want to he's do it. He's put the money aside and he's getting on yeah. with living his best life. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Well done. Yes. Good on him. Which is brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Unlike George Clooney, yes. who who <laughs> he does one movie to pay the bills and one movie to um, to please himself. But presumably his bills are quite high. I should think <laughs> they he are. keeps on needing to do more, more of yes. the first kind. I mean, I don't begrudge him that, really. No, well. I like Clooney. Remember, the first time I saw him was in ER, which is probably when most people probably yeah, saw him. I barely watched any of that. As Doug that. Ross. And even then, women were swooning over yeah. Doug Ross. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, you should persevere with Swiss Army. Okay, movement. well, he, uh, yeah. he has started speaking. Okay. I thought he was going to be literally just flopping around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I think is I mean, quite funny is and macabre as well um, yeah. but yeah I didn't expect it to be so surreal yeah it's very surreal Yeah, like and silly it's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah it's an odd thing like who how did they pitch this film well so when I listened to Mark Maron talking to the filmmakers to the Daniels mm -hmm. about this mm -hmm. and he asked them that question how did you get that made and they said well we wrote it and then we chopped it around and right. we and eventually we went to a studio and we told them what it was and they said, have you written this? Is it ready to go? And we said, yeah, it's ready to go. And they said, well, you should just make it then. <laughs> they said, it wasn't quite as simple as that, but that is what happened. So in a nutshell, that's what happened. Is, is Daniels a plural person? Yeah, there's no, there are two people. Okay, okay, okay. That yeah, so there's... Um, Daniel Kwan and Daniel, I can't remember the other person's surname, but um, they're both very similar kind of people. <laughs> they both have terrible, well, not terrible, they have a certain level of social anxiety and okay. uh, and things of that kind. And um, they grew up in different backgrounds, but kind of the same sort of things happened to them. Okay, okay. So they kind of met in that way. Yeah. Okay, I will. Um, I will if, yeah. do my best to persevere. Yeah, do. Yeah, do. I think it's really great. I haven't yeah. quite. I mean, I, I've had quite an interrupted watch of it, which doesn't do, do doesn't do me many favors. I, I, no. I'm better at just well, the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, what about <clears> you? We watched the first episode of a show that was on the BBC called Marie Antoinette. Okay. Which was Isn't a bit just another a BBC like soft porny. Yeah, no. it was a bit. Okay, it was a BBC Canal Plus co-production uh -huh. 
that should raise alarm bells immediately. Should it? Kind of co-production like that, yes. <laughs> so it's been made by committee. And it was very reminiscent, as you say, like a soft core. It was very reminiscent of some films that I watched on VHS in the 1980s. <laughs> Okay. It was not good. Right. It was not good. Yeah, I feel um, like these I was, costume yeah. dramas increasingly, they're just like, the trailer is like, don't worry, you'll get to see some bits in the first episode. <laughs> and that's basically all they want to tell you. So the thing is, I was expecting it to be a bit like The Great, which is a fantastic right. series on okay. Channel 4. Someone said With Elle Fanning and Nicholas Holt, who I'm becoming increasingly convinced of Nicholas Holt as being a really... Amazing talent. What would I know him from? Um, lots of British movies. He was, I think he was in, uh, about, no, About a Boy, the thing with right. Hugh Grant. I think he was the kid in that a long time ago that. now. Um, so he plays Peter, Emperor Peter of Russia, right. not the great, mm-hmm. as people keep reminding him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Elle Fanning plays Catherine, his new German wife. Okay. Uh, who immediately sees an opportunity to, you know, stage a coup and take over. And that's done in a really kind of heightened, almost blackadder kind of way. Okay. But everybody's playing it straight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's really good, the great. It's fantastic. And I expected some of that from Catherine, from Marie Antoinette. But no. But boy, was I disappointed. Mm. It's We watched one episode... We basically ripped the hell out of it for the entire episode right. and then said, okay, we're not watching any more of that. Not interesting costume dramas. Me and my wife. Yeah. And my wife said, you know, you should always put a costume drama in front of me because I do enjoy them, but this is not up to scratch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is a fair comment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we watched, we watched that. Uh, we're still watching Severance, which is an Apple TV show. Okay, I'm just looking up. I'm um, sure there's something else we watch. See if I can find it while you talk. Um, other than that, I've been watching The Old Man on Apple T- on um, Disney Plus with Jeff Bridges. The Old Man. Okay. Yeah, he he plays a um, retired or actually not so retired CIA agent who gets reactivated when somebody tries to kill him. <laughs> That sounds good. It's really good. Yeah, he's got a couple of dogs who are absolute beasts who do a lot of the dirty work for him. Okay. A couple of Rottweilers. But he is incredibly... I mean, he looks like he's doing some of his own stunts, stunt work. Right. <laughs> uh, but it's Jeff Bridges, you know. He's, he's a legend. Uh-huh. So <laughs> it's like the dude <laughs> is now a CIA agent. <laughs> so I found... Oh, that sounds good. What did you say that yeah, was on? Disney good. Plus? Disney Plus, The Old Man, it's called. Um, the th- I found the thing that we watched one episode of on ITV, which is called mm-hmm. The Dry. The Dry. And it says, okay. underneath it says, sharply funny and BAFTA nominated from the creators of Normal People. Okay, well, that sounds good. So, and it, it might well be good, I guess. It, so, all, all the characters are Irish, and it has oh, the kind of... sounds familiar, yes. Um black comedy of say the royal family or something like that like it, mm-hmm. it it's only funny if you if you are able to laugh at 
people's pain. falling down a flight of stairs <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I we watched the whole episode. I basically didn't laugh. Oh dear. I mean, there were some jokes, and it was. It but they was, weren't funny. It enough. was pretty painful, you know. Like it wasn't. I'm not saying it was bad. Um, Too painful, but it didn't hook me for whatever reason. You know, I like things that are really dark sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it didn't quite get me. Okay. Okay. The only reason I was even on ITV was because we were watching this unforgotten thing. Otherwise, I wouldn't have even noticed. Such yes, a thing. quite. Although we did recently, as I mentioned before, we did watch a Spy Among Friends, and which was amazing. Which you enjoyed, good. yeah. So you know, there's yeah. some. I'm just scrolling through ITV. <laughs> Website now thinking, no, 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 but in between. Anton, Anton Deck's Saturday night takeaway? <laughs> no? Yeah. No. no. I can't think of anything else, actually. Right. That we've, that we've been, I mean, we watch a lot of, lot of, we watch Bob's Burgers, an episode of that every night, which is on Disney Plus, an animation. Okay. For adults. An adult animation. Yeah, it's very good. Okay. Very good. Um, uh, we think that one of our children exhibits traits of two of the children on Bob, Bob's Burgers. <laughs> and have you got anything to plug? Uh, no, no plugging. What about you? Are you still, are you still uploading reviews or not? No, but no. you've still got your archive of reviews up somewhere. Still got the archive. Yeah, the podcast feed is still live. Uh-huh, so uh-huh, uh-huh. You never but know. No, I haven't, it might reappear. I haven't, but at some point it might reappear, yeah. How about you? Anything to plug? Not really. So I still haven't, despite the fact that we haven't made podcasts for ages, apart from last two weeks ago, I still yeah. haven't made um, Box Stacker like properly public, which is Box Stacker, yeah. which is my game, which I think is going to be a runaway hit. I think a worldwide smash. Yeah. Um, the reason why is really because I'm preparing for my talks at uh, the ACCU conference. Yes. Next month, yeah. Something like something like the eighteenth or nineteenth of April, I think. Mm-hmm. So, um, when when I've done those talks at ACCU, I'll make them into YouTube videos as well. One of them is about why you would choose the Rust programming language if you currently like C plus plus. Hmm, that's a good one. Uh, and the other one is about explaining math stuff to someone who doesn't like maths but likes programming. Hmm. Um. So I don't know whether anyone is going to turn up to that talk because it's like, if you don't like maths, why would you go to a maths talk? <laughs> um, do you like maths and stuff? No, but you know no. I do. Anyway, so you do, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so whether anyone will turn up to the live talk, I don't know. But um, yeah, using if you're a programmer or you know a bit about programming, but you've always found maths scary, this is like going to explain it to you using words you already understand that's the idea good that sounds interesting yeah. not all of math just the bits of maths i like the talk is called not all of math no <laughs> the talk is called maths colon the good parts ah, uh, which is a play okay. on a, a famous programming book name um and it's only the bits of math that i like which are like first year of university maths that's the re- that's when math gets really good and not too hard after the first mm-hmm. year, it's really hard, which is tiring. But in that first year, you do some amazing <clears throat> stuff that you never would have done anything like at school. It's all the cool stuff. They save all the cool stuff for then. So after the first year, it twists your melon. Yeah. Something rotten. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, it's too much. Actually, after the first lecture, basically what I enjoyed was the first lecture of each course and the first year of uni. <laughs> right. After that, it got okay. too hard. The first 10,000 years were the worst. <laughs> after that, <laughs> I went to a, into a bit of a decline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit like that. Yeah, this is worse than my birthday. <laughs> Young one's reference. Nice. <laughs> Uh, that's it. That's my I uni. That's my uni friends used to say that to me from time to time. Like, What's that? It's when I was moaning. They'd go, "Oh, it's worse than my birthday." <laughs> <laughs> and would you then be quiet when they said that? <laughs> yes. This is worse than my birthday. <laughs> Fair enough. It's <laughs> such a great line. It encapsulates <laughs> the whole character so perfectly. It's not even Neil that says it. What? It's Neil's friend. Is it? I thought it was Neil. Yeah, so Neil has like this other hippie friend that <laughs> turns up at the house and he says, it's worse than my birthday. Oh, I thought it was Neil. I'm sure it's Neil. But it's been attributed to Neil. Really? And you have to say it in a Neil voice, yeah. of course. Oh, well, he should have said it. Well, it would have perfectly um, encapsulated his character. Yeah, definitely. I also like the bit where, um, what's his name, um, hammers Neil on the head. Oh, it's so good. And says, don't worry, Neil, it was bound to happen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Then there's one where uh, Neil's in the bath, having a bath, his only bath of the year, I think. <laughs> and someone hits a golf ball and it knocks the light out. And he says, Hello, darkness, my old friend. My father was very fond of knockabout humour. Right. And I remember him coming into the room when that episode was on. And there was quite a lot of physical stuff in that. And he was laughing his head off at it. It was very funny. The Young Ones was amazing. I, was, I enjoyed Bottom as well. Oh, I love Bottom. Watch Bottom. I was, yeah. I was watching... Um, uh, oh, what's that quiz? What? Buzzcocks? No, 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 no. Recently, a really, really gentle thing with a bloke, that's really tall bloke. Richard Osman. Richard Osman's like... Pointless. No, no, the one he does now, which is... Oh, he does another quiz? Yeah, and he has four people who sit down very relaxed and they do silly... Is it Richard, Is it House of Games? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So... I've never seen it, but I've seen it right. in the schedule. I mean, it's, so it's there we go. fine. But yeah, okay. Adrian Edmondson was on House of Games... Oh. And of course, I watched him in, is it The Spy Among Friends? Something. Was he in that? Okay. Yes, he was. And he was brilliant. And it's so very, very serious. Yeah. And whenever I see him, I just think he looks he looks so serious and proper. And all I can think of is Bottom. Bottom or him on the, the University Challenge episode of <laughs> saying, Give us some easier questions, Bambi, you Bottom Burp! <laughs> Yeah. There you go. Mm. I wonder whether Bottom would stand up if we watched it now. I think it probably would. There's a a great deal of comedy knockabout. Actually, no, it's quite violent, isn't it? People hitting each other with frying pans. And And there's a lot of emotional violence. A lot of emotional violence between the two of them. There's a main character called Eddie Hitler. (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, they just scum, aren't they? Those two in bottom, they're yeah. just the and they worst. They hate people. each other. Yeah, they really hate each other. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I thought oh, it was great. So good. There's there's a particular live um, show that I, I watched the DVD. I don't think I went to see it live, but um, oh, yeah, they did. So they did good. a lot of live stuff, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Which I think must have been quite something to see. Yeah, because you have that excitement, even though probably it was all scripted, but when, they, when they're when pretending to go off script, it's so exciting. <laughs> yes. Funny, yeah. 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 Awesome source. Yeah, so that's it. That's it. That was, that was kind of some plugging, I guess. Yeah. Watch Bottom. That's the pod. Watch Bottom, watch The Young Ones. Yeah. Uh, only two series of The Young Ones. Right. Right. Not many series of bottom. I can't remember. Maybe only two series yeah. of bottom. Yeah. <clears throat> but it was a good show. Yeah. I think they made a movie as well. Oh dear. Guesthouse Paradiso, I think it was called. Well, I'm looking forward to watching the um, Luther movie. Luther! It's been absolutely panned, apparently. I, has it, though? I'm not sure. By critics. Has. Well, who knows? What do they know? cares about them? Exactly. We want Lufa. Lufa. I think, yeah, so I have, I've read some stuff that said that it just, it's not credible, what happens yeah. in it. Like, it's increasingly less credible over the series, so it makes sense. Yeah. So I think the first series of Lufa was credible yeah. and fantastic, and then it increasingly became... Um, incredible. Incredible, yes. Yeah. Implausible. Yes. Yeah. But, right. you know, it's Idris Elba as Lufa. Yeah, so good. So good. Yeah. In that coat. Yeah. <laughs> Which must need a wash by now. <laughs> Goodness me. From all the blood and viscera on it. Take it to the dry cleaners. I think he dry cleans it diligently, otherwise it wouldn't still be in such good condition. That's true, yeah, he must do. Yeah. He's, Either that or he's got more than one. He probably did some favours to the <laughs> uh, the owner of the for the owner of the dry cleaners. Like, All right, my name's Lufa. Right, Can you clean this coat? Clean this coat for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that working. I mean, that could be a spin-off for the next movie. <laughs> Luther gets his coat cleaned, <laughs> and then tells what the story. What kind of car has he got? A Volvo. And then it's like, and it t- he yeah. tells the story of how how this. Let's do the Scooby Doo ending. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, both of us did the um, did the hands that go with that noise, the wiggly hands that go with that noise. Yeah, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. <laughs> Thank goodness. Okay, I think listeners had enough now. <laughs> All right, um, that's it. Thanks a lot. See you next time. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.